Hello, welcome to this week's Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. And we are coming to you from a brand new venue at Open in Norwich. You may well know it. It's uh, on Bank Plain uh, where lots of gigs are held and Future Radio are based. And very kindly, they've allowed us into their studios to uh, try a different take on our podcast. But it's the same cast and crew. I am Dave Freezer, your host, and I'm joined by... Paddy Davitt, Connor Southwell, Tony Thrussell, and we're also joined by City fan Andrew Ryan in the wake of a 2-1 home defeat to Wolves, which unfortunately sends us into Christmas on low spirits and something of a sense of deja vu, doesn't it, Pad? Uh, well, you say that, but we've just actually walked past uh, a band rehearsing for ABBA for uh, some evening that's happening this evening, so uh, that's burnt me up no end, Dave. <laughs> in, in, anybody who knows the layout of Open, uh, in the main auditorium, there's clearly some sort of Christmas party vibe going on, but uh, they were pretty good. Although it did bring back some bad memories for us, isn't it? That because is true. The last time yeah. we were on the balcony that we just walked along was when England lost 2-1 to Croatia in the World uh, Cup semi-final. So, 2-1 uh, defeat, that sounds familiar. Mm, it does. Merry that, Christmas. And I, I seem to remember England <laughs> had a good first half and then they choked it. They did, they really did at half time. <laughs> is oh. that a parallel you want to draw with what we've yeah. just seen at Carrow Road, my friend? It's like we planned it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately we haven't. So yes, it's uh, another loss for Norwich. Um, they uh, With Southampton winning 3-1 at Villa, which is a bit of a surprise result, they're six points adrift of safety um, as they head to Aston Villa on Boxing Day. And looking at the game, first half, Connor, they were very good, weren't they? They should have been at least 2-0 up. Yeah, I, I think that will be the major regret when they're when they're sitting at home tonight. Um, who knows, maybe there's a, a Christmas party that they're attending. Maybe they'll think about that as they're sitting in their chair. But yeah, two or three opportunities, golden opportunities really, that, that they should have taken. And if they if they had of, then they'd, they'd have won the game, in, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the fact they were only 1-0 up at half-time probably didn't reflect the game, I didn't think. I thought they were probably two goals better than Wolves at the very least. And Certainly, the opportunities they they created uh, shows that. But ultimately, the Premier League is about small margins. Um, whether they stay up or go down will, will be decided upon small margins in games. And uh, today, we've seen another example of that with them not taking their chances and then being punished at, at the other end with a Wolf side who were very clinical um, with the, with the chances they had. But for 60, 70 minutes, I would say that that was a very good Norwich City performance, and uh, that's the frustrating element. And and that perhaps shows um, the golfing quality a little bit. The fact that they can perform to that level and, and still get beaten in, in the Premier League perhaps shows that maybe it's a bit of a, a stretch too far for them. OK, well, let's just take a step back from the game for a minute because although that was a disappointing result and uh, after an entertaining game, at least, it's never dull with Norwich, there was some sad news to break just after full-time, uh, which West Ham had announced that uh, a Norwich City legend in Martin Peters has sadly passed away at the age of 76. Um, I'm sure of fa- City fans of all generations will be well aware of Martin Peters because he was, of course, one of the World Cup winners, uh, mainly a legend with West Ham but he did have five years with Norwich between 1975 and 80. He was player of the season winner in 76 and 77. And certainly I'm, I'm sure plenty of other uh, fans of sort of my age, I'm early 30s, um, have heard Peter's described as, as one of the best players to ever play for Norwich, just in terms of pure ability. And um, certainly it's, it's sad news following so soon after, uh, after Duncan Forbes and Ron Saunders passing away. So, um, Pad, if I, if I come to you first, I mean, he, a, a major name in, in English football, isn't it? Oh, absolute icon, as, as all that 66 squad with Sir Ralph were, because 
that's an achievement that's never been done before or since in English football. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is really sad. I think I don't think he'd been very well for a long period of time, um, but still, it does come as a bit of a shock. And you know, I remember I cast my mind back a few years back when I was working out in Kingsley and Alan Ball, um, another of his teammates who's sadly no longer with us. He did a uh, like a sportsman's dinner and, and, and after dinner speaking and just the anecdotes that he, he was giving us about that 66 run to, to you know, lifting the trophy and beating West Germany at Wembley. And uh, they are, those, those those lads, sadly, we lost Gordon Banks, didn't we, um, you know, last last 12 months or so. They are icons and rightfully so. And, and the mark they left on English football will never be forgotten. And um, as you rightly say, Dave, um, well before our time, but... Um, a personal sort of connection to Norwich as well, and uh, yeah, it, it it does feel quite a sad end to the year, really. Given, as you say, with Duncan Falls passing and Ron Saunders as well in quick succession, but um, gone but never forgotten. And Connor, if I come back to you, you, you said you had a bit of a, uh, a personal story about Martin Peters. Yeah, not not so much me, but um, but my my father and and uh, my my grandmother as well. So so I've actually texted him after the game to get the full story to make sure I don't get it wrong. Um, but essentially, essentially, he was he was playing in a. My dad was playing in a school game uh, when he was at school. Uh, Martin Peters' son was was playing on the other side. There were two spectators, two spectators rather. Uh, my grandmother and Martin Peters. Apparently, it was pouring with rain, um, and he asked my grandmother if she wanted to share his umbrella afterwards. Um, and she was very complimentary about him, and uh, but didn't realise who it was, which is um, a bit of a, a shame, really, given that she's quite a big Norwich City fan herself, um, and she couldn't believe it when when my dad told her who it was. Apparently, so. Um, for for all the reflections that's going on the, on the pitch, I think that's a nice um, insight to to perhaps the man off the pitch a, a little bit. Um, and even though I'm certainly not of of, of that generation, I, I think certain names stay with you as when you when you're connected with 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 the football club. And he's one of them um, because you hear about his quality. And for for my generation and probably for for your generation as well, you almost know his name through the memories and through the stories that you're told by other people and uh, similarly as you said with with Duncan Forbes and Ron Saunders so yeah a a really sad loss and of of course a World Cup winner as well for for this country and that's only ever been done once so yeah he's he's certainly a a legend of the game but a a legend of these parts as well. And Tony you had a a brief spell working at West Ham didn't you so um, I I guess it's a name that you you spot all over the place in terms of those West Ham heroes who were part of the World Cup clearly he was a a big hero at Norwich but at West Ham he he really is you know top of the top isn't he well in those parts they say West Ham won the World Cup not England don't they so that that is one club that does like they have a lot of legends down there and he he's well up there obviously with uh, Sir Bobby Moore and uh, Jeff, uh, Sir Jeff Hurst as well, and and Jeff Hurst will no doubt be thinking of the family right now. Mm. So, but yeah, West Ham especially will be. I'm sure. Are they playing tomorrow? I'm not sure. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yeah, no. if they're at home, I'm sure they'll put on a big, big show for mm. him, which he deserves. Absolutely. Well, sad news, but um, we are here to talk Norwich City and their fight for survival, I think it's uh, fair to describe (laughs) at this point. You know, 19th heading into Christmas, it will be the halfway point of the season at full-time at Aston Villa. And with them losing to Southampton, um, that is a massive game because we know full well that with Villa's owners, with the amount of money they've got, they're not going to be slow in pulling the trigger on their uh, manager, Dean Smith, if if needs be, in football terms, of course. Um, But uh, to to focus on Norwich's game uh, today uh, against 
Wolves. They took the lead in the 17th minute through Todd Cantwell, and they had had big chances. Rui Patricio was um, the sort of hero of the hour for Wolves, wasn't he, Pad? Sadly, Dave, yeah, he was. Uh, f- fantastic save from Tete and McLean, actually. Um, can't think of the timeline, but that was, must have been within the first 20 minutes or so because Norwich were really good, set their stall out, um, and then Timu Puki, if you wanted one man to have two or three attempts at goal. Um, sadly today, shooting boots. I, I just think, you know, we didn't. I didn't ask Daniel about this on Friday, but how much training he had missed because we obviously know the fallout from Leicester. There was fears he'd fractured a toe. Uh, that proved unfounded, but clearly he must have missed a period of training. Um, and much as in the second half at Leicester had a couple of chances and it wasn't quite the pookie of, of what we're used to, the sharpness in front of goal, the clinical composed finishing. I thought we saw that again today. So not that we need to make excuses for him because he's he's well deserving of an off day or two given what he's uh, done for that club so far. But if he was at his sharpest, as Daniel Farker said after the game, um, they come in at half-time, the 4 or 5 nil up, uh, they'd be full value for it and there's no way back for Wolves. And to pick up what you said right at the outset, that does underline that in both boxes in this league it is ruthless. And, and if you don't, especially as a newly promoted team, if you don't um, capitalise when, when you're on, on top and as dominant as Norwich were then a team as good as Wolves one defeat in 10 and that was only last weekend in stoppage time to Tottenham then you know they will have a period and, and they did and, and sadly we're, we're sat here reflecting on what might have been again but you know for me it there's more positives and negatives yes they've lost the game again yes it's now one point from six at Car Road and that is essentially relegation form uh, if you can't muster more than one point from six home games then you, you're going back to the championship but Unlike the Villa game down here, unlike Man United, I thought Norwich were deserving of something more than a defeat. And if you're looking for any crumb of comfort, maybe Grant Hanley coming back in. And after three and a half months, he, he I thought he did excellent. Um, and that bodes well moving forward to what is, as you rightly say, Dave, in light of Villa getting beat today, that is a, a watch behind the sofa, I think, on Boxing Day. But uh, <laughs> as nervous as it will be for Norwich, I think it's doubly so for Villa because all the expectation is on them, as you rightly say, with their outlay comparable to Norwich they shouldn't be anywhere near the bottom of the table so I'm strangely despite it only being two hours since the final whistle I'm strangely optimistic now going to Villa Park I've talked myself into a state of uh, at least someone is (laughs) say again I said well I didn't say this but I'll say it now have you been drinking no, not since the final whistle. No, no, no. We, we did take a walk down Prince of Wales Road, didn't we? So it might have intoxicated, yeah, 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 subliminally, yeah. yeah. There was a lot going on for seven o'clock on a Saturday night, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've got the smell of kebab now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, as Daniel Farker said again, just to, to bring it to a close, that um, he would. It was quite a funny line. I thought he said he wouldn't have signed his new contract if he was obsessed by the table or addicted to the league table, because it, essentially what he's saying is. Yes, you would hope they weren't in the position they're in at this stage of the season, but it's not hugely unexpected. And I think he can see enough positives in today's performance at Leicester, Everton before that, to feel that, you know, Arsenal as well. Maybe the tide is turning, but unfortunately they've left themselves so much to do. And with Southampton's win today, you're even further adrift from the bottom three. So uh, it does look fairly bleak in terms of where the season's going to pan out. But, uh, but I think there are signs that, you know, with a few tweaks here and there, that maybe there's better ahead in the second half of the season. But whether that'll be enough to keep them above seventeenth, I've 
I don't think so. Okay, um, I'm going to come to you, Connor, in a second about Grant Hanley, but just to check back briefly on Martin Peters, what you'd said, Tony, when West Ham played. They didn't play today because uh, the game was postponed. They're supposed to be playing Liverpool, who are, oh, of course, right. in the Club World Cup. They're away at Palace on Boxing Day, but they are at home to Leicester on the 28th of December, uh, which is when Norwich are at home to Tottenham, of course. So um, both clubs, I would imagine, there will be big tributes on that day. There will be a minute's mm. applause, that sort of thing, ahead of kickoff. But to be honest, given that he scored in the World Cup final for England, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's a, a case of black armbands all around in the Premier League on Boxing Day so um, that's one to uh, to watch former, out former Tottenham player as well so that'll be uh, really, yeah, that's yeah, quite, quite quite pertinent isn't it, it for, Tottenham for between West Ham and Norwich yes, wasn't it yeah, yeah. so quite and, yeah, and yeah. I think I think five years there as well so yeah. yes um, but to go back to the Norwich game Cotter, Grant Hanley uh, he's the one change to the team Ben Godfrey ruled out until February with this knee injury thankfully doesn't need uh, an operation he's been very keen to get that out there hasn't he that it's not a major sort of um, uh, operation uh, sorry a major injury which should cause him problems going forward because he's still a, a young man but Hanley overall I thought he was pretty good I, I interviewed him afterwards and I sort of said to him were you pleased with your performance and he didn't want to say it himself but he said he just bounced it back at me and was like what did you think <laughs> which when you know when it's a, an, you back impo- off a little bit. an imposing Grant Hanley like, oh yeah you were great Grant <laughs> um, but, uh, he does like you doesn't he uh, well you know <laughs> I interviewed him a few weeks ago so he knows who I am at the very least but I, I honestly said to him no, I thought you were good and he that's basically I think he was roughly agreeing with me in that he was pleased with his afternoon at the very least you know it's not his fault that they lost that game I thought as Pad has just said he was pretty good on the whole yeah I did I think there were, there were a couple of moments but pace isn't his uh, pace isn't his isn't a characteristic that, that he possesses really so there, there were a couple of moments where he got he got turned by Traore, but overall, yeah, I thought it was a, a very assured performance, actually, from from a player who hasn't played for three months. Yeah. Um, and again, that, that's where the frustration will lie, because I, I didn't feel Norwich were too bad defensively, particularly first half. They looked structurally very good, uh, made themselves solid and compact and, and prevented Wolves breaking uh, through the middle, which was which is good, and, and they did that effectively, and Teddy and Tribal broke things up well, and as a defensive unit, and I think in recent weeks they've improved, since certainly in terms of open play, That's I'm sure we'll come on to set pieces, but um, that's certainly a, a glaring area. Well, <laughs> hopefully not, but that's that's certainly a glaring um, area, but yeah, it, it felt um, dominant, uh, I felt beyond Jimenez's goal that he didn't contribute too much, which is which is probably testament to uh, to the two centre-backs, but but yeah, an assured performance, and um Certainly silenced a few doubters, I think, today. Uh, saw a few tweets who, who were a little bit concerned about him coming in, but uh, I think he's proven that, that actually, he, in, in terms of his raw material, he, there's a good defender there. Um, it, in terms of distribution, again, maybe maybe not a characteristic that, that he possesses. But, yeah, ov- overall, a, a promising performance for him to build on. I, I certainly don't think that he's done himself any harm through that, mm. and um, I'm, I'm sure he'll be pleased, but... Yeah, ultimately we're we're sat looking at a, a, another set piece, which is a, a a real shame, I think, considering, as I said, how how effective I thought they were defensively and, and structurally. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. There seemed to be a passing tactic in terms of if he was going to go long, it was to go into the corners, wasn't it? Yeah. Try and give Pookie a chance to run onto the ball, and that seemed to make sense. Otherwise, he kept it very simple. And that, his pace was was very good at points, wasn't it? You know, there a couple of times where Adama Traore had got in behind Sam Byram, and yeah. he really showed a turn of pace. So, and, and in his interview after the game, he did say that he felt 
freer, that he was able to move more freely mm. in in terms of, I think, at the start of last season and this season, we've not really seen the Grant Hanley who played in 17-18 and was runner-up in the player of the season voting because he hasn't been able to move freely. He's had this uh, groin problem and then he, was, he had a hernia problem as well. So he had operations on both of those during this three-month uh, stint out of the game. And I think we did see that, didn't we? We saw that he was moving... Um, moving more freely. Um, Andrew, I'll come to you for the for the supporter perspective. Where were you sat today? South Stand? Uh, in the city stand, but city stand. the other half of it, so towards the River End. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you the, the good one. Okay. <laughs> I'm going give, po- <laughs> give you the positive. Emmy Buendia, how good was he? Well, I mean, I think that I've spoken to Paddy and his, his performances haven't been great as a whole, but today, he, you know, he was excellent. Some mm. of those balls he was playing, he was tracking back when he needed to, he was playing the right pass, and I think that it was about halfway through the first half he just got the ball lovely side rule pass through to Puki oh, yeah. probably ought to have scored but yeah Buendia he's certainly upped his game so maybe the rest from the first team has done him and, and the team of course a lot of good because am I right in thinking he's got five assists this yep. season yeah there's only a few players who've mm. got more from the last time that I'd seen seen the charts I'm sure he was <laughs> you know you, you can't really be angry at Timo Pukki can he he's got nine no. Premier League goals he's doing <laughs> we'll very well off. but yeah <laughs> he, he's not to blame for where Norwich are yeah. but um, I'm sure Buendia's disappointed but, to see that his frankly lovely through balls weren't taken yeah. advantage of yeah and he was he was great he was industrious in the right areas mm. and he, he didn't really have the Arms up in the air. Yeah, that's good. Tantrums to see. that he'd been. Well, I say tantrums. That's maybe overstating it quite mm. a lot. But um, yeah, he seemed to have his head screwed on again and in the right frame of mind. That moment in uh, when he sort of skipped past three players was was great, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I've no idea how he did that. Mm. And it wasn't only once, was it? It was two or three times he'd come through a crowd of players and and there would be the ball at his feet. And yeah. he's sort of thinking, oh, for some of that trickery on a Tuesday night five aside. <laughs> you know, some for me, not somebody playing against me, of course. But you just sort of think, what a wonderful player when he's on mm. song. Yeah, I've seen a few tweets after the game, sort of saying um, you should enjoy this player. You know, when you see a performance like that, that shows that he's got top top level talent. Talent. Uh, how good? How good do you think he was, Tony? Yeah, I mean, you do have to enjoy these players when they they come because it's like the Huckabees. Um, I'm trying to think of others. There isn't many. That come Hulahan, I suppose. Hulahan, yeah. There isn't many that come to these parts, so when they're here, just sit back, enjoy them. They're going to have off days. Hulahan would have had off days. I did, yeah. Huckabee had off days, but they're the ones that win you games, win you more points than than lose them. So, well, Watford aside, let's just forget that one. But <laughs> but he's won far many points than than like made mistakes. So just enjoy him for this season. Most likely, will be gone next season, but let's not worry about that yeah. now. And uh, we're going to stay up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first. And Connor's told us he's having a beer if they stay up as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's looking that's, increasingly yeah. unlikely, isn't Man, it? It'll be at Man City away. Oh, that's the one. I don't think we've got that on record before on the pod, have we? But no, Con- no. Connor's not a drinker, which is fair enough. But um, he's I... promised he'd have a pint if they stay up. I'm pretty sure I said I'll do something, but I can't remember. I think you said you'd run tattoo, through the city it? naked. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, no, no. It wasn't Roy Wallace star. It wasn't me. Well, you say about the tattoo, but our former Mustard TV colleague, Jake Watson, of course, said if Team and Pookie scored 10 goals this season, he would get a Tamu Pookie tattoo on his backside. Uh, he now works for TalkSport, TalkSport 2, and uh, he does a, I can't remember what it's called, but a sort of football food show on YouTube. And uh, uh, he was at the game today, just in case, just okay. in case that 10th goal dropped. So I guess he's going to be at most of the uh, of the games. He must be a slightly worried man, but who wouldn't want Tamu Pookie tattoo? It's good content. <laughs> It's content and engagement. Absolutely. Um, so and Paddy, you need to drop something like that. 
the for the hits. What did you have in mind, CT? Don't know. We'll have to think about that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look keen. <laughs> um, this was a good point to point out that Tony's idea of good content was me doing a Christmas message alternatively yeah. to the Queen. Yeah, I thought that I thought that'd be a good idea. You no, sitting no, in no. Norwich City scarf in yeah. Coventry. Yeah. Wow, Michael did do that a couple of years ago, yeah. and I had a look back on it, and he started the video with uh, some would call me the Queen of Norwich City. So I'll, <laughs> I'll let his I'll let his words do the damage. Um, but um, Andrew, I'm going to come back to you just briefly um, on Grant Hanley. What did you make? It, what did you make of his performance? I I thought he was really good. Um, you know, there's always the worries. He's not really played a lot of first team football in the well in the last calendar year. Has he? He lost his place quite early on or halfway through the season but he looked great he's, and he seemed to work well with Zimmerman that's obviously that is all about the blend of players in roles and mm. their centre-back pair looked pretty good they they covered I mean as Connor said his passing isn't the greatest but then he wins a whole lot more in the, the air than than some of the other central defenders we have so mm. I think he was and he, he's surprisingly fast yeah I think when he gets a good well, head of steam up He's just like a train, isn't he? Just the one a battering that, ram. The yeah. one that always comes to mind is the, the Ipswich equaliser um, in Fuck's first season mm. when Closer scores it. That was all because of Grant Hanley running <laughs> like the wind to keep the ball from uh, going out for, for a goal kick. So, um, yeah, he has got a bit, bit of pace mm. behind him, but maybe that's where he did his groin initially, keeping that ball in against Ipswich. That's where it all started. But hopefully he's he's back because Norwich, frankly, you know, they need him. And, mm. and like you say, they did look like a centre-back partnership today. Yes. So yeah. that's, um, that's encouraging. Well, and I, I, sorry, with, if we're talking defence, I know that Connor sort of brought up the defending from set pieces, and that was a whole lot of concern around in the fans sitting around me. Mm. Was this zonal marking? They sort of seem obsessed with the, the fact that zonal marking is terrible and it doesn't work. And so I think they thinking, well, I think Daniel Farker knows more than you. I think Rafa Benitez knows more than you do. <laughs> yeah. If zonal marking worked, prop worked, it works. It, and it's more to do, I think, with how well their system is carried out rather than whether it's zonal or man to man. Well, it's an, it's an obvious thing to be able to throw at them because they can you can see it, can't you? Clearly, oh well, they're doing zonal instead of man to man. That you you can't really say that that goal wouldn't have been scored without man to man. I don't I don't know. It's it's difficult because every goal is different, and you you do concede goals in football. Mm. That's that's something that annoys me a little bit about like when you watch match of the day and every tiny little movement in the build-up to every single goal is analysed. You know, football is about scoring goals. You you, you are going, even the best yeah. teams concede goals. So sometimes I think things get a little bit over-analysed. Well, Wolves were trying that that uh, corner routine quite a lot, weren't they? They were doing the short pass and the yeah. back and then trying to get it into the far post. Yeah, I, I think for me that's that's probably more of a frustration, the fact that the goal actually came from the second phase of the corner as opposed to, to just a direct ball in. And It's not even as if Matinho's whipped in a, a superb cross. It's, it's quite high. It's um, almost got snow on it, hasn't it? It's, it's, it goes <laughs> up that high and... Uh, it's John. just, it's just a, uh, it's almost. And, and you did you just say sorry, Connor? Did you say John Snow? There? <laughs> yeah. Was that you thinking out loud? And the word just come out. John Snow. John Snow. It's the only Snow I know. Welcome to Tony's head. <laughs> but, but yeah, you, you mentioned man to man there. That, that was almost a man to man incident at the back post. And uh, and and uh, I don't know who the was it Byram at the back post. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, doubled he, up. He, yeah, exactly. And, and lost it to. To Sias, so I, I think it's easy to point at, at zonal marking because I think when zonal marking goes wrong, it's it, it's probably quite hor- horrendous and, and it's usually weekend. fairly noticeable <laughs> and, and yeah regular. Um, but what, what it does, do, I mean, if Norwich went man to man, I don't think it would make too much difference. I've said this 
before because they don't have the physicality and they don't have the um the the presence in in the box to to compete airily and and <laughs> that's that's obviously a major issue for set pieces and maybe they should work on just preventing corners as opposed to defending them <laughs> okay well i mean you, you paddy you've spoken to daniel about this issue plenty haven't you because yeah. it's, it's been coming up constantly and We've seen it again with the equaliser um, today. Um, the second didn't come from a set piece, did it? It came from a cross, but um, and then a, a little bit of chaos. But those Moutinho short corners were frustrating. But I don't know. It's it's a difficult one to to moan too much about because I, as you sort of hinted at earlier, they they played pretty well today. I said in my video verdict after the game, which you, you guys can watch if you head over to our YouTube channel, that if they'd have played like that against Watford yeah. and that awful 2-0 on the Friday night, they would have comfortably won that game. I mean, reality is, to, for me, this game hinges on not taking their chances rather than what they did yeah. or did do defensively. Uh, if they, they take those first-half chances, then you know you maybe win that game 4 or 5-2. Um, and on, on to backtrack a touch there, you're right. I mean, Daniel Farker is no, uh, as he says himself, he's not. It's not a philosophical thing in terms of oh, I must put a team on the park who uh, slavishly adhere to zonal marking. He's quite happy to go zonal or man to man. What he feels he's got though is a group of players that are better suited to zonal. He doesn't have, as he says, you know, eleven Christoph Zimmermans in terms of the physicality and the height and the power. He's got Emi Buendia, he's got Todd Cantwell on El Hernandez in recent games. Todd Todd sorry, Tom Tribal screening at the near post. Um when you've got that mix of players, it's very hard uh, to then just m- match up on a man-to-man. And if you want to talk man-to-man, well, if you strip it down, Sam Byram's been beaten in the air in a man-on-man duel with Roman Sice. Mm. That's nothing to do with zonal. That's one, as Connor rightly says, hopeful punt to the back post, and he's not been strong enough. Ditto Sheffield United, Max Aaron's at the back post um, against Ender Stevens. Hopeful ball. Uh, that is, for me, a man-to-man duel. So... I think that's a red herring to talk uh, sl- continuously about why are they zonal marking. If they went man-to-man, uh, suddenly our, our problems will be over. I don't think they would be. I think, essentially, Norwich have got a, a group of players who, whether it's zonal or man-to-man, aren't by any, by any stretch, and the concessions tell you, uh, one of the better teams in the league at defending set-pieces, and, and that's almost it is what it is, and they need to be better in other areas to maybe overcompensate. But I did think Hanley, because of his physicality, he did offer a a bit more of a robust presence at that near post. Um, so I think moving forward with Hanley and Zimmerman there, they will be better. It's just unfortunate that it seems every goal they concede at the minute has that source, a set piece or a corner to it. So, But yeah, at risk of repeating myself, it, they haven't lost today because they wasn't able to defend the corner. They've lost because they didn't take their chances. And at the end, I mean, in in the end, Pookie did have one last shot that was well held by Patricio, and Tim Krull was even up for a corner at the end, which uh, didn't really amount to too much, to be honest. But uh, prior to that, um, obviously there was the winner, Neto and Moutinho um, overload Max Ahrens, don't they? A nice one-two to get in behind Max, who's uh, left chasing shadows. The initial cross is put goalwards by Doherty, and Krull makes a decent save, actually, but it it falls to Jimenez, who I thought was terrible. He looked like he had his mind firmly fixed on his Christmas dinner. He was, I would say, was almost as bad as Joe Ellington was in in the uh, Newcastle game at the start of the season. And then the ball falls falls perfectly for him. 81st minute, just to stroke it in. Fairly easy uh, finish for for the winner. Um, After that, though, Connor, the triple substitution does come from Daniel with five minutes remaining. I've seen plenty of people after the game saying it's too late. (laughs) 
Yes. Um, Do you agree? Um, yeah, I, I think so. But at the end of the day, these things only get highlighted when they lose. Don't they? If if he makes a triple substitution on the 84th minute and they're winning 2-1 and they've come back, then everyone's talking about his, his persistence with the same 11. So, mm. uh, again, I, I think it's it's kind of just something to, to point at and, and vent at. But um, there's, there's certainly a reactive element to the substitutions, I think. Um, there are points in games where particularly in today when when it was 1-1 and Wolves did start to push a little bit when when you just wonder whether uh, bringing on on El Hernandez just to add another dimension and get them further up the pitch is 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 necessary but ultimately i think i think what it does show rightly or wrongly is is that Daniel Farker has faith in the players on the pitch and it's it's not like last season he was making substitutes after after 55 minutes it was it was relatively the same and if Jordan Rose would come on in the 82nd minute and contribute to an Norwich City goal everyone would say what a wonderful substitution so mm-hmm. It's part and parcel of football, I think. Um, you can't win as a manager, can you? No, you can't. And, and he also made three subs. Was it Manchester United? He, he made a couple of substitutions at half time. Two at half time. Um, so least, yeah. it's it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I think that people just point out when when they lose a football match. But you have to say for for large periods, Norwich were the better side, and I, I can understand why he didn't make a change. If I'm being completely honest, what did uh, football fans moan about <clears throat> about 30 years ago <laughs> when there was only one sub? VAR, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I wonder what the main subject of of why their team lost was back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Pass back rule. I think that was a big one. Interesting. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure we've got some. So, well, they didn't have football phone-ins for a start. Yeah. You didn't have Robbie Savage whipping people up on Five Live after games in the no. 60s, did you? And you certainly didn't have Canary Call in those days. But I, I think football was just a slightly uh, tamer world, wasn't it, really? And, and more, um, uh, probably probably nicer as well. N- like. Nicer, that's the word. Yeah. Um, Andrew, <laughs> I'll come to you as well on the, on the subs. Um, LAUGHTER to, let me let me put the subs issue to you like this. Before the goal goes in the in the eighty first minute and Norwich drawing one one, would you have made a substitution before the goal goes in? Was there anyone on the pitch who you were thinking, oh, I've got to change that? Um I mean I, I would have done. I don't think it was any necessarily any player in particular, but they looked like they would start to flag after 65, 70 minutes. I mean right. they had worked that, so hard. That first but, yeah, half yeah. was brilliant, you know, there's no getting away from it and but the players seemed to lack the intensity in the second half. The longer it went on, the less they seemed in the game. And you just sort of thought, come on, Daniel, throw somebody on. <laughs> Put Hernandez on to... Yeah, mix it up. Did you shout that? Did you shout that? Did I? In, in the, those very words. <laughs> come, come on, on Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you within the issue? I'm just picturing or imagining 20,000 fans <laughs> singing that. Come on, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Instead, the chant we were hearing was "You're going down with the Villa" because yeah. the Wolves fans were wow. having uh, they were having a, a, a wonderful afternoon. That's in a the nice end. segue, Dave. Yeah, well, if it, it's time for that, I don't know. I think it's probably segue time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Villa. We know the well, they're a pretty similar threat to um, to Norwich, really, aren't they? In, in terms of the the, the um, attacking ability they've got, you know, Jack Grealish, players like that. Um, it's not going to be an easy game, but we're all sort of a bit surprised by the result that that we saw today, didn't we? Them losing 3-1 to Southampton. How do you read that one going into it, Pat? I, 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 if I was Farker, I'd almost be saying to the players, just try and enjoy your Christmas day. I know they'll probably have training in the morning, won't they? But, but try and actually have a nice day. Try and forget about your football a little bit, switch off, enjoy your time with the family, because we've got to go fresh at this again on, on Boxing Day. Well, on this point, Dave, in the press room after the game, Tony turned to me and said, Dean Smith will be sacked now before Boxing Day. You watch. Yeah, tomorrow. 
he'll yeah. move on. So we, that's we've hard. got to take that's days hard advice at Christmas. And enjoy our, we've got to enjoy our Christmas day, and then we go again on Boxing Day to Villa. Yeah, what, for <laughs> managerless Villa? No, <laughs> I can't see it. But you're, I, you're not I, enjoying Christmas Day. You've got loads of video to do, haven't we told you yet? Yeah. Um, but I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's Christmas message, that's what we need. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'd be very concerned if I'm a Villa fan because um, that outlay... And let's not forget, they kept the car road and absolutely wiped the forward Norwich that day. And Norwich mm. contributed to their Five own downfall. But Villa were very good and merited a, a handsome win. So to go from that, and I think they pushed Liverpool very close off the top of my head. They did get beat, I think, late on. But you thought, no, these will these will pull away now and be comfortable. So for Norwich now to be going to Villa Park, both in the bottom three, I think three points between them. Um I would, I would, if I'm Dean Smith, I am. If not clearing out my desk, I'm getting uh, slightly concerned because uh, with that outlay and the top of owners they've got there now, 18th in the table at this stage isn't good enough. So, what I think that will mean is when Norwich go to Villa, if they start in a very positive fashion and ideally get their noses in front or at least it's level into the second half, trust me, that crowd, that home crowd, they will get on the backs of those Villa players. Um, and a team are already a little bit inhibited, and clearly they're not going to be in a good mood after getting beat at home to Southampton, who themselves, you know, lest we forget, have been down there a long time this season. I think there's something there for Norwich, I really do, but for them to do that, they're going to have to be very proactive, I think, and take the game to Villa. I think if you give Villa any encouragement, and if it goes the other way, and Villa get a goal, then of course the confidence flows back. This is a team we rolled over 5-1 at Carrow Road. Here we go again, nice little festive double and uh, let's forget about the Southampton result. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, as I say, quite optimistic about this. I think uh, this is this is a perfect game for Norwich. Now, you'd fear if it was, oh, I don't know, pick a team at random. Any Spurs. of the t- Spurs, yeah. Going, if they were going to Spurs Boxing Day, then you'd think, well, I might just stay at home and watch it on the <laughs> telly. But to, to be, if I had to hand-pick a team out of the 19 to play now in this context, it would be Villa um, away as well, because obviously as we've, Clearly, are seeing now Norwich are better away from home than they are at home. So, um, basically, I've talked us into a Norwich win. So, uh, you know, more champagne celebrations on the pitch. Villa were at home today as well, weren't they? They were. They were. So, yeah, you're right. Get the crowd on their backs. Yeah. They seem to be missing Tyrone Mings. Um, I'll flip that on his head, though, Pad. What if Norwich lose that game? Uh, Merry Christmas! How, how, <laughs> and Spurs next, yeah. With Spurs at home next, and and we've also got. Our, our well, we, well, we've enjoyed the hospitality at these Premier League grounds, haven't we, boys? <laughs> you know the Angel Cake at Palace. I'm breaking my golden rule now. I'm talking about the press food, but uh, yeah. we'll just have to basically accept that our dining at the top table is only I lasting till May. I wonder if Boxing Day will be Christmas dinner, will it? No, cold turkey sandwiches, surely. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. But uh, <laughs> as we say, so they've got a little bit of a break. But Boxing Day's Wednesday, isn't it? And then Spurs is on the Saturday, Saturday yeah. and New Year's yeah, Day Boxing is Day's Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Thursday, is it? sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then Spurs on the Saturday and Palace and Palace is a Tuesday. Then is it New Year's Wednesday. Day? Wednesday. Wednesday. That's Wednesday. Wednesday. Well, right. Okay. So, so it's fairly crammed <laughs> in. Oh, don't. Let's not. Let's not go there. <laughs> so it's fairly crammed in. So Connor, do you do you think that given what we've seen from Daniel in the past, I'm thinking his first season. Remember, they went and won at Birmingham on Boxing Day 2-0. Then he changed the whole team pretty much um, for uh, Burton away. And it was that horrific 0-0 yeah. draw, which is honestly one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. So do you think he's able to make big changes between those two games? or And do you think he will? 
Yeah, I think he'll have to. Um, we, we all hear from the uh, from the top managers in the country about how hard the uh, the demand is on on the players in in this time of year. Bless them. Um, so so I think he he, he may be forced to uh, rotate a little bit, um, and and that might give people an opportunity to shine. And if if you're presenting people with opportunities, then it's up to them to take them. And as uh, to use a Daniel Farker ism, uh, you you take people to the door, and it's up to them to walk through it. So um, it, it it could benefit Norwich, and equally it could be a, a complete catastrophe but at the point they are now they they need points and it, it's getting to a, to a stage of desperation and, and certainly if we're if we're sat here uh, well not here but if, if we're sat after after boxing day at Villa Park and, and they've just uh, they've just lost another game then for me I, I think that will probably be curtains for them because it, it, it is such a big ask um, they'll, they'll be on what four, 14 points they've got at the moment so to, to try and get to uh, to 12, try 12 I think 12, 12 is yeah, it 12 yeah. being generous yeah. um, I'm just going to check uh, so to to then try and get to 38 if if that's the target that's that's going to be a big ask in mm. in however many Premier League games and we've seen the the margins and I I've, the frustration for me is, is I've seen enough this season in periods of games um, to me that that is evidence that Norwich City are good enough to compete in, at this level the problem is that they're for 20 minute 30 minute periods and and not for not for a whole game and, and very few 90 minutes of, of I watched Norwich City this season uh, and thought yeah okay I, I believe that they could be good enough to survive and uh, that for me is, is the issue um, they, they can't quite sew the two halves together and um, we're getting good halves and good periods and um, good passages of play and, and we can talk about how good that first half is but it all boils down to fundamentally if, if you can't defend your box well enough at set pieces um, then you're going to lose points and if you gift if you gift teams goals at this level th- then they will they will beat you, and and sometimes they they won't do that particularly handsomely. So, um, it, it's a concern. I'm I'm perhaps not in in the same ballpark as as Pad. I'm I'm a little bit concerned going to Villa Park on on Boxing Day. Um, We've broken. Given <laughs> <laughs> given the uh, given um, Norwich's results uh, uh, against teams around them, I I, I think. <laughs> given the the trend of the season, you'd, you'd much rather go to Chelsea at this stage, wouldn't you? Given for the, got f- for the food, against, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's about all. Um, but he's changed. But it's yeah, no, he hasn't. <laughs> <about now. laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing is, if uh, if Norwich come out of this f- festive period and uh, dreamland and, and get nine points, for example, then we're all talking about a different situation again. So it's fine margins, isn't it? And then uh, yeah, I'm beginning to wonder what I did in the past life to have to end up going to Preston <laughs> in the third round of the FA Cup, but. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that when yeah. we get there. I think. We're, we're pretending that's not happening yet. <laughs> but yeah, it is 12 points, and I hope this doesn't um, indicate what's to come. But out of habit, I just started checking the championship table <laughs> when I was looking for the Premier League table. But, you know, old habits die hard. Yeah, 12 points and six points. What about the League One table? Any highlights in there? Uh, oh, yeah, they lost today, didn't they? 12 one. That's a highlight. Out of the top cool. two as well. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> you've got to take the positives silver, out of these silver things silver linings at Christmas I think uh, I think we've covered just about everything from the game I, I hope uh, we haven't made it too depressing uh, at Christmas time um, <laughs> Paddy do you have a Christmas message you want to say <laughs> I'd like He's to wish I'd like to wish out of you. all the listeners and my colleagues apart from you Tony <laughs> a happy and peaceful Christmas and a better new year for Norwich mm. than the last six months but what I would say is, though, you know, in the round, what a great year this has been for that football yeah. club. You know, yeah. off the pitch, financially stable now, and that very landmark second division title in old money. Um, and okay, yeah, it's a bit of a struggle at this highest of high levels, but uh, what a twelve months for the football club. That's that's a good point. Um, what is everyone's highlight of 2019, aside from winning the championship? Because that's the obvious. But 
yeah. in terms of like a, of a moment. Yeah, a moment, your um, moment of 2019. Thanks for letting us know you were going to do this. In <laughs> <advance>. <laughs> I, I just, it just came into my head and I just went with it. Well, I'll, I'll go Mario Vrancic on, on, uh, against uh, Blackburn rather than Sheffield Wednesday. I know the Sheffield Wednesday moment was dramatic, but the quality of that goal and, and just where we were sat in the press box right behind it, as soon as he hit it, you knew it was going in the top corner and you, you kind of knew that promotion was going to happen that night. So, so for me, that brilliant Mario Vrancic strike against Blackburn tops it. Weirdly, mine is Derby at home. Although they lost, that, that first 20 minutes... <laughs> you loved the floodlights going out. Well, that, actually, that was in 2018. That doesn't count, was it? Was that? Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> mm, yeah, true. But yeah, I was going to say, you, anyway... Your own thing... feature and you can't even come up with a proper <laughs> answer. <laughs> well, I had a really good point as well, that that 20 minutes was the best I've ever seen Norwich play. And that was, wow. I think that was the first mm. game I'd seen. Oh, was that, was that the first, was that when they scored that? It was like a computer type goal. Where it was, went bang, bang, bang. Was it Hernandez so. finished it yeah, early on? Was they that just that blew them away in yeah, the first yeah, yeah. 20 minutes. Mm. But yeah, that doesn't count. That's a game when they were in front at half time and, yeah. and ended up losing. Yeah, well, I'll, just before you, I'll just give you guys a minute to think of, right. of yours because uh, you just reminded me actually that NCFC numbers, who I'm sure most of you are familiar with on Twitter, came up with a, a couple of absolutely cracking facts uh, after the uh, after the defeat to Wolves. Um, they don't make for good reading, unfortunately, <laughs> but um, they are quite um, quite startling. So according to Steve at NCFC numbers, the last time Norwich lost consecutive home games that they led at half time was seven. Seven months before World War Two was declared in February 1939, which is quite wow. uh, quite an, uh, an astounding one to read. But this is quite good as well. This is the first time in Norwich City history that they conceded more than one goal in eight consecutive home games. Wait, so does that mean World War Three is now going to start? Well, <laughs> let's, of that first one. let's sincerely hope <laughs> not. Um, Connor, your moment of 2019. I think it's got to be Ellen Road for me. I think that was the night that um, I started to believe, if you want, mm, that, that, that they could, that they could get to the Premier League. Um, probably tactically as good a performance I've seen from a Norwich City side, probably ever, um, in, in terms of how they applied themselves and uh, lead to a, a very good side as, as they're proving this season. They proved for the majority of last season, bar perhaps the last couple of months. Um, and for me, I think it really showed how far this group and and this head coach had had gone. Given that, um, given that a year previous they were what a mid-table championship side, so they they looked like they could uh, they could conquer anything in the championship. And um, it, it certainly felt like the tide had, had shifted at Ellen Road that night. So I think for me that that would be the highlight. Yeah, I've what a night! Um, I've got mine. Sorry. Um, you got yours was Derby. No, no, but that was in 2018. We <laughs> all right, go on. Yeah, uh, that was 2018. Wasn't yeah, it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It was, yeah. um, I'll check for you. The if you penalty want. shootout in Germany. Uh, <laughs> oh, very good, very good, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. Uh, did you have to have the pinking app to? I, yeah, uh, you have did. seen that. You did. Well, so download the app and scroll back. Did and you did you win that? I, I don't. Yeah, remember. I mean, it wasn't high standard, was it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you'll find my first one was pretty special, actually. Paul well. Chesterton was very impressed with the finish, but yeah, you won it in the end, didn't you? So no surprise, it's your highlight of 2019 is about yeah. you. Derby, <laughs> Derby, Derby was 2018, just to confirm. It's it the yeah. 29th of December. Uh, Paddy, come can to I, you first. Can I be greedy, Dave? And I'm going to pick two Premier League moments, bearing in mind, you know, we're, we're talking the whole of the calendar year. Don't shake your head, Tony. But the first one was. Actually, at Anfield, opening night, and it was when they started the old You'll Never Walk Alone. And bearing in mind, it was Liverpool's first competitive game since they'd lifted the European Cup. So they, that crowd came looking for a party. Norwich, that was that was the moment when you actually believe this is real now. This is Norwich in the Premier League. All that, the, the highlights you've just touched on there, boys. 
led to that night, that moment. Obviously, it then went a bit pear shaped in terms of the uh, the game, but uh, that was spine tingling stuff. And mm. uh, and the Man City win because who on earth would have given even the most diehard Norwich fan given Norwich a chance of winning against the reigning Premier League champions, probably the best team in the last two years in Europe, and they fully merited it. Um, and sadly, there hasn't been enough of those type of car road highs this season uh, to sustain us. But uh, that's something you'll never take away from those players, the fans who were there that night, and, and ourselves as well. That was a landmark win of down the ages for Norwich, and it was a privilege to be there. A phony Marco Stephenman had had his shooting boots at Anfield. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I'll come to you finally. Your moment of 2019. Um, I mean, my memory's not as photographic as all of yours, but <laughs> it, it would either have to be, I think, the, the Reading game... So you'll obviously correct me then tell me ah, I'm completely yeah. wrong. I know where you're going. Either Zimmerman's towering header or Godfrey's absolutely thumping mm. goal. I know in the end, did we draw that in the two end? Two, that, that was coming from behind to yeah. go two on ahead late, wasn't That's it? That's right. And, and two then late they goes. conceded. And, it, and I was up there in the Barkley end upper and it was just a, it, it was just an amazing mm. moment when... That felt like of, it was going to be promotion yes, then, it didn't did. it? Yeah. And, and then it was torn but, away. And both of the goals, the you know the commitment, the, the power of both the header and the strike... So one of those two goals, not the end result. They, that was a real explosion of noise mm. that night. So yeah, that that um, that shows that we're kind of sport for choice in terms of uh, of t- twenty nineteen. We haven't even mentioned he who must not be named losing <laughs> it on the touchline in, during a three nil defeat. Yeah. <laughs> Short memories. Yeah. Short memories. Short memories, <laughs> Short memories yeah. indeed. Well, uh, that seems like a, a nice point to end on for for the time being. Uh, I'm not sure if we will be with if we will be with you before New Year or not. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how things go. Obviously, things are quite crammed in at this time of year. But thank you so much for, for listening to the Pink and Podcast throughout this year. Thank you to Future Radio for having us in for the first time, and um, we hope that we'll be in here more. And uh, we're hoping that we may even be able to get together a live event uh, open in in conjunction with Future at, at some point during 2020. So keep um, your ears open for that one because we, uh, we're looking forward to that and of course it would be nice if some people actually attended as well <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, as ever if you um, could subscribe uh, if you oh, sorry if you don't already subscribe then please do and any uh, reviews or ratings are always very welcome this is your podcast as much as it is ours and we really do appreciate you listening so have a great Christmas and if we don't speak to you again beforehand a very happy new year and as Paddy said let's hope that we've got some more happy memories to come in 2020